Oh, we're back again. Hey, Dave. So hey, soon, everyone. Making up for our layoff. What's happening? I know. What's gotten into us? I mean, we're, we're, we've caught the Disney bug. We're, you we're know, I, it occurs to me just as we're talking that I don't know that we ever uh, intro to the show last time. I think we were so oh. out of practice that we never actually <laughs> uh, said what the name was or who we were or anything. So, yeah, uh, I'm Dave. And I am Mike. This is your this is your podcast. Uh, <laughs> I actually yes. just changed the name. Uh, it's still Edmore Mouse, but now we are the, I don't know, I'm going to change it again eventually, but we are the uh, Disney Beginner Podcast. I was trying to think of, you know, there's so many, there's so much Disney content out there, uh, mm-hmm, whether mm-hmm. it's blogs or video blogs, some call them vlogs, um, podcasts, you know, there's, uh, we're, it's hard to distinguish yourself. Uh, yeah. And I thought maybe because we take the we take the position of we're we're fans of the parks, we have no insider information or at least very little uh, at any given time. We don't go to the parks all the time because we don't live anywhere near them. We live in landlocked Ohio. But our mission is to seek out information about the parks and learn more about them, learn more about the movies, watch movies we haven't seen, read books about them. So it's we're trying to add that's where the mouse that's where the that's where the mouse comes from that's where the name comes from it's add more mouse mm-hmm. add more mouse to your life and uh that's what the show's about so i don't know if that's for beginners but i know when i first started getting into disney stuff i started listening to podcasts and uh although some of them are really good jumping into them i didn't know what any anything meant or where to start so hopefully our podcast is a nice starting point for people who are uh looking to learn more you don't have to be an expert to enjoy a show i don't think probably helps not to be actually uh, yeah <laughs> yeah some of those are way in the weeds so yeah we're definitely not that we are the uh we're accessible to all audiences and uh yeah wh- wherever you are on your disney journey <laughs> hopefully we can be a part of it uh That's so right. Yeah, I just talked to you recently. We 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 had a layoff there thanks to um, how busy our jobs were. We both work in healthcare, so uh, things have been a little hairy for you know the past eighteen months. So uh, like we're back, and we're trying to get back on track and put out more episodes because it's, it's fun. Um, so uh, what's up with you? What what do you? Oh, since last I'm... time I talked to you, what are you doing? <laughs> I I am I'm I'm going through. Some trials and tribulations uh, since we last spoke. All thanks to you and oh. this. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah. uh, <laughs> well, you on the last down. episode you told me all about these uh, the 50th anniversary Disney toys at McDonald's. Yes, and so I thought, well, this is excellent. I I particularly want to get the Jiminy Cricket toy because there are 50 figurines that you can get right now at the time of this recording um, in honor of the 50th anniversary. So there's different characters and all across the gamut. And of course, Jiminy Cricket is one of them, but there are other great ones I would, I'd probably like to have as well. So I thought, okay, I, I really, I don't go to McDonald's that often. Like it's been a long time. So I thought, and, and let alone ordered a happy meal, at least you have some kids to uh, kind of, <laughs> be your cover when you want to order a happy meal 
<laughs> well, my kids, my kids don't eat it. I mean, not, I'm not trying to sound snotty. Lots of people at McDonald's. I'm not passing judgment. We just, my family is uh, vegetarian. So we don't um, often, there really isn't, there really aren't many options for us at McDonald's. So I, I oh, have yeah. less, I have less cover than you think. Uh, that's I, true because we go through the drive-thru at least i do have kids though so i can say like oh they want the toys even though you know they could care less <laughs> yeah so it's really funny though because um you know i no one's really going to question i don't really care about that too much because you could very well have a kid at home and no one no one cares no one really hey, pays sure. attention but um i do not i just wanted the toys so i go to mcdonald's my first endeavor and i ask the people at the drive-thru because I've also come to find that these restaurants, they don't have the dining rooms open. I know it's still closed. I know. And I thought we were over that, but I don't think it's necessarily the safety concerns. I think it's the staffing issues and that's a whole other issue. But um, so anyway, I, you know, a couple of times I'd get out of the car and try to walk inside because I thought it'd be easier, but the drive through it is. So I went through the drive through the first time I asked them, Hey, you have the Disney toys in the, in the happy meals. And they're like, what? And I ask again, and they say, yeah, 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 that's what we have. So I ordered a Happy Meal, and uh, I'm driving off, and I look at the toy. It's, um, it's, it's not a Disney toy. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was some, like, Discovery Channel BS. I don't even know what this thing <sighs> was. Yeah, so I was, like, pretty annoyed about that because I got nothing, no, nothing out of that. So I thought, okay, next I mean, Dave, we recorded a cut like a week ago mm-hmm. and I'm sad. Like I, I've, I've had five happy meals. <laughs> <laughs> so I go, okay. The portions are small, so it's okay. So anyway, I go again and I'm like, all right, to a different McDonald's this time, different McDonald's. And I said, Oh, what the heck? Give me, give me two, give me, <laughs> give me two happy meals. Cause I was really hungry. And because they told me that I could not choose what I wanted. So I'm like, well, if they give me two, then maybe I'll just get lucky, right? So they give me two. I open it up. I got Simba. He's pretty cool. That's nice. Open up the second one. It's Simba. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I got two Simbas. So then I'm like, oh, that's just great. So then (laughs) the next time I go (laughs) to a different McDonald's, a third McDonald's, just to, you know, try it out. And I asked again, I said, can you choose which toy you want? And they said, oh, no, no, you can't. You can't pick. It's just random. (laughs) But at this point, I was already committed. So I'm like, all right, give it to me, you know, whatever. And it was Timothy Mouse. Also a really good one. I like that one. So I don't think I have. I don't think I have there. Okay, look, I've got a lot to say about this. Buckle up, everybody. This is And the end is near here. Let me tell you the, 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 the triumphant end to this. Well, there was another one. I, I went and it was awful because then I got, I don't even know what this character is. I think he's from, he's the, uh, the frozen guy from, I think the incredible, the Incredibles, the Incredibles. Oh, Frozone. Frozone. That's his, Frozone. That's his name. I, I'm, I'm not, I, I was like, okay, this one's, I mean, uh, whatever. But then I finally go to one and I'm like, this is the last chance I'm going to, uh, and I say, can you choose which one you want? And she says, no. Then I roll up to it and I said, and, and she turns to me and says, you know, if you really want one, I, I think you, I, I think we could see what we have. And I said, yeah. She's like, I think we I think we got like, you know, that cricket guy. That's exactly what she said. And Ooh. finally, I'm like, yes, Jiminy Cricket, 
that's what I want. <laughs> so you got it? My kids would love it. No, I didn't say that, but oh. <laughs> uh, yes, I got the Jiminy Cricket. And it was all so right. funny because it was actually like out of all of the ones she could have said, she's like, yeah, I think they got that cricket one. <laughs> That's great. So anyway, I share that to say um, I now have had way too much McDonald's this past week. Do not intend to go anymore. I finally have my Jiminy. And um, I, Dave, if you have other tips on this, like maybe oh just being gosh. more forceful Look, about this. You are doing this. More... Look, I, <laughs> the wrong way. I, as a, the wrong as way. a friend, as a friend, <laughs> I have to tell you that you're doing this all wrong. <laughs> okay, but first of, whoever told you that you can't choose which ones you want is either lying, they or they don't know. Maybe they're just lazy. Uh, yeah, yeah, so and of then co- the toys already in there, so I don't want to tell them to like take it out. And okay, put a one in now. And then... Now, the dining room being closed adds a particular wrinkle to this mission because in the before times, you know, you could walk in and you could be like, hey, which uh, which Disney, or, you know, which toys do you have? And they would get them for you and you could say, oh, yeah, OK, I need these. It's much harder to do that in the drive through. And, you know, I'm not into holding up traffic going through toys. So it does yeah. make it it. It makes it harder. Um, I went through a drive through recently and I asked, like, hey, which toys do you have? And the guy was like. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, exactly. Are they, are they the Disney toys? And he goes, yeah. I was like, okay, well give me three. And then I got there and it, it, they only had two different ones. So, I mean, it, it, you know, when you're in the drive through, you're, you're kind of, it, it's hard, but they can, cer- you can certainly choose which ones you want. I mean, try telling a parent who has got a screaming kid in the, in the back that they can't choose which one they, they want to get. If, if they have one, their kid doesn't have, and it's going to get them to stop crying. Um, and, you don't have to eat the Happy Meal. You can just get the toy, Michael. You don't have to, you know. Now, if you want it, that's fine. Well, um, but you, you know, I stopped I, eating them after. So, well, long. yeah. Like I said um, before, my kids, you know, they're vegetarians, so sometimes they'll get French fries or whatever. But they can't, you know. We don't, we don't eat the burgers, so uh, they will charge. I think the average toy costs like a buck forty or something like that, or a dollar. Yeah, it's like a dollar fifty, dollar something like that. Um, so they're they're pretty inexpensive, but you know they're also they just stand there; they don't actually do anything. Um, so yes, that you can, <laughs> you can get them without <laughs> the food, and you can also choose which ones you want. Now, granted, if you're in a line and it's super busy, um, it's harder. I, I would say try to go at a time when it, that is between meals, and that way you don't have a line of cars behind you, and the person at the window starts getting mad at you because you're trying to pick and choose what baby toys you're buying from them but <laughs> uh yeah i would i would say go off hours yeah and um if they say you can't choose you can either choose to push back on them or you can just go okay thanks and drive away i yeah too, that's when okay. uh when luca was out my kids fell in love with the luca uh movie and mcdonald's had a luca promotion and so we went and got all the luca toys and you know, sometimes you get somebody at the drive-thru who is super nice and they'd be like, oh, yeah, we've got this one, this one, and this one. Um, and I think I even said on one of the previous episodes that at one of the windows, the woman had like four that we didn't have. And so I said, oh, we'll take all of them. And she just handed them to us. And I was like, don't you want me to pay? And she's like, nope. And just let us go. But then other times you, <laughs> you'll pull up and, you know, they're like, McDonald's, going to take your order. And you go, hey, um, which, uh, which Happy Meal toys do you have? And they'll be like, what? <laughs> like which which champion meal toys do you have and then the guy will just be like i don't know some fish and then you're like okay some fish well i know a fish isn't one of the toys so um 
you know, yeah. you, you do your best, but uh, yeah, man, you don't have to eat the burgers. You can, it, you, you know, don't feel guilty if you want to, but you don't have well, to. I started switching up, you know, getting the getting the apple slices and getting the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I love the idea um, of you sitting in your car eating two full Happy Meals. I like that a lot. Oh my god! Well, I didn't um, because the one burger it had mustard on it, and I don't eat mustard. And I told them no mustard. Not but... a mustard guy. Anyway, huh? oh, it's my least favorite thing in the world. But oh, let me tell you though, this experience has taught me a lot. Um, not just about. Uh, Disney toys, but just about the fast food industry these days. Um, Cause I haven't been in a while and I'm like, man, that's like ramshackle these days. Like yeah, just because, just because, you know, they don't have, I think enough staff. And so it's just, it's just been a interesting experience, but um, never been a aside, better time for grown men to bug them about toys. I know. Well, it got me thinking McDonald's and Disney have had a partnership for a long time. I mean, ever oh, since yeah. we were little, I mean, it's been like, They've been well, married. Yeah. You know? I've collected, I've collected, uh, you know, it's a, it's a nice, mostly very cheap thing to collect. So if you're, you know, looking for something to collect, um, there's stuff all over eBay. And a lot of times it's, it's, I mean, honestly, there is no real, there's a market for it. Cause people are clearly selling it on eBay, but I mean, there's no real market. Like they, these things don't increase in value. So yeah. it's not like, you know, you're, you're building a collection that's going to be worth something that your kids can sell someday. But if you're looking, if you're, if you like, uh, you know, Disney stuff and you like having little things on your shelves and stuff, uh, it's a, it's a fun thing to go back. I mean, one time I, I went through and, oh God, this, 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 this podcast is full of deep, dark truths from our, <laughs> from us <laughs> one, yeah. one day, one day when I probably should have been working uh, years ago, I went through and like, just did a full listing of every McDonald's Disney promotion uh, for as long as they've happened. I mean, yeah, they were probably 60, 50 or 60. I mean, it's been like every movie that's ever come out since like the eighties. Yeah. Plus, uh, you know, things here and there from TV shows or the parks, the parks centric ones are great. You know, they, they put out like limited edition uh, theme park ones I have, um, I bought, it was only like 10 bucks, but they had this limited edition, limited to 10,000 boxes. They have the uh, Little Mermaid McDonald's toys, but they put them in like this treasure chest and they're all painted gold. <laughs> I have one of those for some reason. Um, yeah, it's well, fun. I mean, it's well, like clicking Pez or something. Which That's you know. what I mean. I feel like they've, they've, you know, they locked into this partnership and it's a great marriage. McDonald's and Disney, they're two great American companies that have, you know, that there's McDonald's in every corner. Um, and, and <laughs> Two American companies toys. that started as small family owned innovations that eventually became to giant multi-continental oh. behemoths that violate all kinds. Well, all right. Anyways. Anyway. Uh, well, and I just saw on eBay, uh, if you want all 50, there's one listing for $425. Okay. Now that, that is absurd because there, uh, no, that this person might have had to buy 50 different uh happy meals if you wait <laughs> if you wait like uh three or four months you'll be able to find every one of those on there for a buck a piece i mean four hundred dollars for all 50 is absolutely that's insane well i'm definitely not worth simba it's, up there it's just plastic bucks. Yeah, put put sim up there for 17 dollars and see i mean <laughs> th that's the thing is that no you know th these things don't increase in value they're like they're like, uh, I mean, there's millions of them out there. They're not worth anything. I know. All right, They're so only worth something that. That if you can look this, at them. 
that that is not what this this podcast was intending to go on. But I had to share my. Oh, I I beg I beg to differ. I think that's exactly what this <laughs> podcast is for. Uh, I mean, I was trying to add more mouse, man. I was trying to add hey. more mouse. I just added more calories in the meantime. <laughs> um, I was trying to think of a pun for that, but I I couldn't off the top of my head. Uh, yeah. So I I will say. Uh, one one Disney interaction I've had the last couple weeks is my my kids have become obsessed with a show called Bluey that's on Disney Plus and it's not it's not a Disney show um, it, it's a it's an Australian show um, and I think it's in partnership with like an app, like some piece of the BBC but uh, they I don't they found it and uh, there's like two seasons and it's it's relatively brand new I think they're making a third season right now but I'm telling you this show is amazing uh, the episodes only like eight or 10 minutes long each. And it's just a family. It's about a family of dogs, but it is one of the greatest uh, things I've seen in so long. Uh, It's so hard to explain. And I, it really is for kids. I mean, it is for, it's for families. There's actually quite a few really funny things that I find myself laughing at um, that like the dad and mom say in this show, but it's all about, uh, kids using their imaginations and playing it's, it's it's hard to describe even if you don't have kids and you're listening to this like go watch a couple episodes because it is such a it's kind of an it's just an amazing piece of work it, I, I mean okay. there's not much to describe it's just a family of dogs that live in australia and they play games together but it's like it's really funny and they're somehow also touching uh, in some episodes, and it's just amazing. And my kids are obsessed, and uh, they are th- my oldest kid. My son is going to be Bluey for Halloween. They already got their costumes. Really? And my my daughter is going to be Bluey's sister, Bingo. They already have these little dog costumes that they got. And uh, I thought Bluey was a boy, but it turns out Bluey's a girl in the show. It's two girls, and. Uh, oh. You know, we're pretty, uh, pretty, I mean, very liberal in this house. So I don't care if my son wants to be a girl, but I was a little worried, you know, before he bought the costume for 30 bucks. I was like, hey, man, just so you know, you know, Bluey's a girl, right? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, great. Just want to make sure I didn't want to get this thing in the mail. And you know how, man, you know how boys are. If he finds out, he goes, I thought Bluey's a boy. I'm not going to be that. I'm not going to be her for me. (laughs) He's all about it, which I'm very proud of. I love that. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of him too. And also, uh, you know, proud of uh, you you for letting him go do that. Oh, that's man, pretty sure. That's pretty awesome. But it's it's a great it's a really funny show. It's if you have kids, they will love it. If you don't have kids, you may not want to watch all like fifty episodes. <laughs> but I, I it's it's a it's a great example of I think what animation is capable of. Um, it's just really cool. I'm a huge animation fan, and uh, it it's really great when there's something. That it, I love stuff that is for kids, but that adults can dig as well. And I just like every time I sit down and I see an episode with my kids, I, I'm like in awe of just how perfectly crafted this little object is. I think it's really cool. Nice. Nice. Well, yeah. um, I'll check it out. And speaking of Halloween and Disney Plus, um, the Muppets Haunted Mansion. Either I haven't I seen it yet. Off. Yeah, I haven't I, seen it. it. It just appeared the other day, and uh, I, I'm planning on watching it this weekend. We're, we're recording this on Thursday, so I am all in this weekend to see that. I have not watched me it. Me too. Though. Me too. I mean, we have previously talked about the Haunted Mansion on this podcast, uh, the 2003 film uh, with Eddie Murphy, 
Yeah, uh, that's that a was thing. Part of our Disney, yeah, that was part of our uh, series on um, Disney attractions that were turned into movies. Uh, so you can check that out. But also, we talked about the Muppets Christmas last year. Uh, so you know, this is perfect to marry the two. And uh, I don't know that we'll talk about it on this podcast in depth, but we can maybe touch on it if we both watch it this weekend. I yeah. it looks it looks pretty neat. Uh, I'm a fan of any, I mean, that's the, that's the best part of Disney owning things like the Muppets is when they can, you know, put things together like that and make them good. I've heard early good things about it. So I don't actually know anything about it, but I saw some early reactions. It seems like people are digging it. So, um, I will definitely watch it. Uh, huge Haunted Mansion fan, huge Muppets fan, put them together. It's like peanut butter and pickles. Um, (laughs) I, I will say, uh, as long as there's no mustard. The, hey, man, I, I'm a mustard guy. Uh, very, very loud and proud mustard guy. Uh, <laughs> there is a new Haunted Mansion movie in the works. Um, I believe the only thing I can remember is that I think um, Owen Wilson is attached to it. Um, that, that's it. I don't know. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I, I know that it's in the early stages. I think the... Uh, well, you know, we got to watch Jungle Cruise, as I'm thinking. We, You know, that's coming to Disney Plus in November. Yes. And, uh, you know, we already did a series, like you said, on rides that became movies. So we got to we got to we got to bust that out. Um, yeah, we do. That was, later. That, that, that's so crazy. It's already here because when we did that, um, that that miniseries, we, we knew it was in the works. And now here it is. So the, a global pandemic wasn't even. uh <sighs> Isn't wasn't even a possibility in that world when we talk about that. I know. All right, yeah. So we got some homework and uh, some good content up ahead, and sounds good. All right. Well, let's move on to the point of our discussion today, which is uh, this is number three, episode three of our Disney documentaries series. The first one was what was the first one? I can't remember. Um, the Sherman brothers, the brothers. That's right. The boys. boys. The boys. The boys. And then the second one was. Uh, it's what we just covered last week. Oh, what was the name of it? Um... <laughs> Waking Sleeping Beauty. That's it. I was like, oh, gosh, it's it's <laughs> the animation you can see, one. Folks you, at home, you can see what our show prep is like and that there is none. <laughs> uh, some when, when I talked to uh when I talked to the guys at the 3028, which is my favorite Disney podcast, um, mm-hmm. they, uh, you know, they write their show. They do a weekly show. It's well produced and they write the heck out of it. Like the majority of it is written. And we have like a sometimes biweekly, sometimes tr- thrice weekly show. And we just wing it. And mm-hmm. uh, if you couldn't tell uh, the fact that we couldn't even remember what our last episode is about should be <laughs> good evidence for you. Anyway, waking sleeping beauty. Yes. Waking was... sleeping beauty. And then today we were talking about a movie that I had already seen uh, a few years ago called well, well, oh God, I'm so tired. Walt <laughs> and El Grupo. Yes. Which is a, I think, I mean, spoiler alert. I love this documentary. Um, I think it's so interesting while mm-hmm. also kind of being pretty, I mean, <laughs> this is not fast-paced watching. And when you watch something like uh, Waking Sleeping Beauty, there's quite a bit of drama, you know, in the show because it's all about competing personalities. There's a lot that happens it's about um, anger and some betrayal and revenge a little bit. 
I'd be overselling it a bit, but it's there. And Walton El Grupo is really uh, just a documentary about a pivotal moment in the Disney company. Uh, Not because the films that result from this South American trip are really all that influential to Disney. I I guess some people could argue they are. I I don't necessarily think that they they are. But it happens during one of the most um, uh, volatile times in in Disney history. Because of the strike. Yeah. And, you know, so this movie is about uh, in the 1940s when I'm sorry, what year does it take place? It takes place in. Yes. 1941. So it takes place. 1941. Walt Disney is in the middle of probably one of the worst times of his uh, career. So even after um, some early success with Snow White and Seven Dwarfs, he puts out more movies. Neither of them do very well, even though we consider them classics, Fantasia and Pinocchio. And. Uh, not only is that not going well, but there is a strike brewing amongst the animators. And uh, the whole strike is a really, really interesting piece of Disney history, which they do touch on. And in fairness, um, they do put a little bit of the blame on Walt, although they don't go into it too much. Um, If you read a comprehensive history of Disney history, um, you see just how much the strike affected Walt, how angry it made him, where that anger was coming from, rightly or wrongly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's a chance for him to get out of all of that while his brother and other people kind of smooth it over as best they can. Mm-hmm. And it's also a point in his career where uh, as World War II is ramping up, the European market is totally shut off for his movies. Um, the money that he's making is stuck over there. He can't bring it home. And so they're just bleeding funding everywhere. And it's a chance for him to go on a trip to uh, a kind of treat as a vacation, but also he uses it as a chance to go study things that they see in South America and make films out of them as a part of a goodwill ambassador trip on behalf of the U S government. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so really and that's, you know, Oh, good. I was just going to share that the, the, there was footage of the strike and that was interesting to watch because there's all this black and white, you know, grainy footage and they have um, people carrying signs of course. And then it, it's, it's just cool to see all that. And there was uh, caricatures of, of Walt Disney that they had drawn on some of these signs and things like that. Um, so it's interesting because right now the film industry is going on strike uh, currently. It was it big, been in the news this week about um, film and television crews, uh, 60,000 workers that are going on strike right now. And it's because of the basic needs that they're being met. So I had just been reading about that in the news. And then I watched this documentary and saw and didn't know going into it that this was a component. And um, it just shows how things can come full circle. Um, but yes, yeah. it was, uh, I, I, I say this every time we watch these documentaries, but I just love seeing those footage, you know, those clips of, um, of, of those moments in time, those historical events. And this was a big time in, in the Disney, in, the oh, Disney in, a, in American yeah. history overall, but in, in Disney history in particular. And, you know, if you're a fan of archival footage, uh, this is, that's kind of why I, I love am. this movie so much is that you you see so much of their trip but 
to back up just a little bit, you know, the strike is fascinating because it's one of the, at least that I can think of, one of the earliest times that Walt's public image becomes challenged in public. Uh, there are probably, I mean, a, a true Disney historian might be able to pick out, you know, an earlier time. But the the Disney company, since when Walt was alive to present day, exists in, in two worlds, in my way of thinking. You've got, it's this, it's this company that operates theme parks that are magical places to, that, that kids love to go. They also make films that are classics and, you know, make us feel good about each other and also make us feel good about, about the world and take our mind off our troubles. They're also a business. Uh, They're currently a corporation. Back in the 1940s, they were not a corporation, but they were certainly on the way to being much bigger than they ever had in history. And um, what happens, and and you can get a lot more detail from Disney biographies, um, like the Neil Gabler, um, or Gabler, I don't know how to say his name, Neil Gabler's book, uh, Walt uh, what is it called? I'll find it. But even the um, Bob Thomas book that we reviewed on the show goes into the strike a bit. Um, there's a really good Walt biography called The Animated Man, which starts with the strike. It's a Walt biography, but it actually like all kicks off in the middle of the strike because it's such a pivotal moment for him. Um, oh, Neil Gabler's book is The Triumph of the American Imagination. That's what it's called. The Bob Thomas book is called An American Original. And they both go into it. And what happens is, you know, Walt starts this company from nothing. He risks everything over and over again. When, when anytime he makes any money from his movies or his cartoons, his, his like, uh, you know, short cartoons, he puts the money all back into the company. So he eats, sleeps, and breathes the Disney company and animation at this time. And as they get bigger, he stops being, you know, what they say in the movie is Uncle Walt. You know, he has his guys around him and a few ladies, but I mean, he has his core team of people that he interacts with and they still treat him like uncle Walt, like the guy that they've worked with for, you know, the last 15 years who, you know, treats him a certain way. But as the studio continues to get bigger, they've hired more and more people who do not know Walt and do not consider him to be uncle Walt. And he's just the guy that owns the studio, just like every other studio. And so uh, he had a really hard time. uh, If you read these books and you, hear uh, what sources who were alive then had to say he he got very bitter when he felt like he had provided these wonderful animation studios these great office buildings a great place to work and he was being treated as though he was taking advantage of them and right you know, th- that is a short sight that mm-hmm. is a shortcoming on his part of not understanding his own mm-hmm. workforce but it was something that made him incredibly angry and later manifested itself when he kind of became um, extra right wing. And uh, hmm. he, he was convinced that socialists had infiltrated his staff and had uh, fomented the strike, basically. Like he, he was convinced that he was a target of like a communist plot. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so you mentioned you know, there it was mentioned in the film that, you know, um, police officers at the time made a certain amount of money and these animators made at or above that. And so he really didn't necessarily, you know, he wasn't really thinking of the whole picture. Let's just put it that way. And no, yeah, no. And so, you you know, know, it's, it's, it's the first time I can think of where like his public um, image of uncle Walt, the guy that made Walt, the guy that made Mickey mouse 
um, kind of runs up against Walt Disney, the businessman and somebody who just can't understand why somebody would not be so in awe of all the things he provided them. Whereas a lot of these people are coming in and it's just a job, you know, um, if you go to work for, you know, a grocery store that has a chain of 30 stores, um, you probably don't really care what the guy at the top necessarily feels day to day. You just want to get paid a decent wage for the work that you do. Right. Um, so anyways, that is the backdrop uh, in front of which this trip happens. And mm-hmm. that's pretty much as dramatic as this documentary gets. There really yeah. isn't, um, you know, this isn't an exciting watch. And I had seen it before. And so I mostly recommended it because I, I do think it's just such a great piece of uh, archival collection. Um, I think it's just it's informative. <laughs> it's very informative. The movies that came out of it, Saludos, Amigos, and The Three Caballeros, you know, Disney's not going to make movies like that again. Um, they're basically travel pictures with animation. Uh, you know, well, I guess uh, the Three Caballeros is more animation, whereas Slytherin's <laughs> Amigos has uh, live action in it. Um, I like both movies. Um, they're interesting. I don't know that you know my kids these days would necessarily be able to sit through them. They're not quite the pace <laughs> and have the excitement level that they're accustomed to <laughs> from animation, but. Um, but they are super fun to watch. I mean, the, the, the colors of these movies definitely reflect uh, the, the South American trip that they were part of. And um, one thing I love about this movie is that you get to really see some of the big people that were involved in the Disney company back then. Yeah. And that archival footage once again, and um, a lot of the film, the narration came from journal entries uh, being read which at first um, I thought was funny because you, I didn't realize they were reading from the journal entries at first. And I thought these people aren't doing a good job reading off the cue cards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then I realized, Oh no, they're like, this is purposeful. They're reading, um, you know, the, the very words of Walt Disney and others um, who are describing the trip. So I thought that was neat because it's sort of in his own words <clears throat> and um, specifically where they went in South America I thought it was also fun because they said it was the ABC trip, which was Argentina, Brazil, and Chile. And I, I, I thought that was beautiful to see some of that old footage of, uh, of those countries uh, from then. And it was also fun because they, they talked about how the name El Grupo came to be because I was wondering that going into this, I'm like, what is this name? Why is this called El Grupo? And they described how well, you know, at the time that there of course was not there were not cell phones and so the group the group would have to gather in the hotel lobby and then um, they would hear an announcement to let them know this is what's going on for the day and um, they would say El Grupo Disney or something like that for the Disney group Um, that would be what uh, the uh, Spanish-speaking uh, person at the hotel might say to get their attention and so they kept calling themselves El Grupo because that's how they knew um, that uh, it was it was the information that they needed so that was um, interesting at least in and of itself because I had no idea why this was called this at the start <laughs> but if anyone's <laughs> wondering that's why it's called that um, basically El Grupo means the group and yeah I, um, I think yeah. my favorite yeah. part is just seeing um the people who were involved, like um, Herb Ryman is shown. And if anybody doesn't know, Herb, Herb Ryman 
is a great story about him. Um, Walt Disney needed uh, a picture of Disneyland to show the bank in order to secure the first loan they needed in order to start construction on Disneyland. And uh, he needed it in a weekend. And so he basically locked himself in a room with Herb Ryman. And over the course of two and a half days, they drew an entire gigantic picture like a bird's eye view of Disneyland. And then the eventual version was very close to what they drew. Um, but it's just so interesting. Like I just, I was so jealous. I just wanted to go on this trip. <laughs> watching I know. This. Like to be around, you know, he picked um, artists and he picked musicians and he picked colorists and photographers. Like he just basically hand selected people that could document this stuff in real time and then take mm-hmm. that stuff back to the Disney uh, studios to then make these uh, South American films. And yeah. I mean, what was that? 18 people in the group? Is that something like that? Yeah. yeah. And you know, her Ryan is just one of them. Mary Blair, who is just like one of my absolute favorite. I mean, I think she's every, anybody who's a fan of Disney history knows who Mary Blair is, but I mean, she's like, hey, you've talked the, about her on the oh, podcast. One of the, before. one of the rare women who kind of like was high up in the Disney company and her, her work is, it's shown in the movie, but like her, the way she used colors and the way that she drew is just so amazing. Um, she was often a background artist for things. I think she was a background artist for lady and the tramp, uh, possibly for Peter Pan as well. And she's, she's very well known. Probably her biggest thing at Disney is that she, uh, did all of the design for, uh, it's a small world. Mm. She also did the, if you've been Classic. in the, contem- the contemporary resort where the, uh, monorail station is up on the, uh, I forget what floor it's on, but you know, where the monorail comes into the hotel, there's a huge mural that has yes. uh, a mountain mm-hmm. with goats on it. And she, she designed all of that. Nice. And she's just such a cool, cool person. And I, uh, I put a book <laughs> on my Christmas list once and it was a Mary Blair book. And I, it came, uh, my parents got it for me, but I had, put the wrong mary blair book and it was literally like a child's picture book (laughs) (laughs) i had i meant to put like this mary blair coffee table book on my wish list because it was like 40 bucks i didn't want to pay for it myself my parents were like oh we got you the mary blair book and i got it and it was literally for (laughs) five-year-olds i thought do my parents think i actually wanted this i guess they did oh well just just put that in there with all the the happy meal toys (laughs) yeah i know on the same shelf yeah (laughs) um yeah. Have, now, have you seen uh, have you seen Saludos Amigos or the Three Caballeros? The Three Caballeros for sure. And oh, you're going to outpronounce me on that? That's fine. Okay. <laughs> well, I took Espanol in right. in high school, you know, many moons ago. But no, I I saw the Three Caballeros in um, uh, a while back, and then um, you know they of course were featured in the epcot world showcase now although we think that they're going to be changing that to coco is that not right you know i'm not totally sure um i you know i kind of hope i sort of hope not i kind of like i mean it's not it's always been what people will call a boring ride um i love it because it's one of my strongest memories from being there as a kid and so i very much you know whether it's the three caballeros or it's coco i mean Coco is far more relevant for kids now. So I don't, I don't fault Disney for wanting to make that mm-hmm. change. They've definitely slowly been introducing Coco to the Mexico pavilion. So it would not surprise me if there was an overhaul, but I, I don't know. I hope that there, I hope the three Cavaliers maintain some kind of presence there because they're just, 
you know, I love it. Um, well, I mean, I could just be like you said, they're just, I know, changing some of that within the Mexican pavilion. They might not be changing that part of it necessarily. The grand fiesta tour. Um, <laughs> but I will, also, I have not seen Saludos Amigos, although as a kid, I had like one of the golden books, you know, with the golden bound books. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, a cassette tape that had some songs or oh, interesting something with it yeah and i i mean unless i'm misremembering about this cassette tape um that could have been also three caballeros but definitely the golden book and what i didn't know about all of this was just how this was funded by the government by the governments of um, these south american countries for like you said these are basically tourism uh efforts this was sort of contrived in that way originally and i i didn't realize that now i look at that as on a new lens seeing how this came to be yeah i feel like there could be some underlying um motives from the u.s government you know they they portray the movie like oh they wanted to go down and have a goodwill tour and knowing later on that you know (laughs) the fbi had a file on walt disney and that he was oftentimes like they claimed he was an informant in hollywood for uh Mm -hmm. socialist causes who really knows i mean i that some people will say that that stuff's true. Some people say that it's way, you know, blown way out of proportion. Um, I feel like there could be like little more sneakiness happening on behalf of the U S government through, you know, by putting Walt Disney into this situation, but we have to take this movie at face value because that's what we're presented with. And I, I don't know. I think it's a great movie. I know our review isn't all that exciting, but I, I just, I think it's so, it's so interesting as a historical document and again, it's one of those things that the Disney company has done that is just never going to happen again. You know, like the, Disney, I, I will say this. I think that this probably helps to inspire that Disney um, tradition of like, okay, we're going to make a movie. Uh, we're going to make the Lion King. We need to go to Africa for two weeks and <laughs> study everything we can and bring it back to the studios. You know, that the, they're kind of legendary when they were making like animal kingdom park, you know, Joe Rody took people on all kinds of trips places so they could, you know, see the places they were basing the park on. So this may have been probably, I guess the first time they really went on location to learn more about the kind of movie they wanted to make. But you know, it's just one of those things that's not gonna, really going to happen again. You know, if if Bob Chapik, the president of the Walt Disney Company, went on some, uh, you know, trip to Venezuela and was like, we're going to make a Venezuelan movie because I think it's important and the government's going to pay for it. It would be crazy. <laughs> It'll never happen. Again. <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, or if like if they were going to Cuba or something like that. I mean, it would be so cool to see that happen. It's never going to happen again. And so it's just interesting to see. um to see this just because it's a it's yeah i mean these things in hollywood are not going to repeat again yeah although it would be cool to think about i i I would love it i i would love somebody you know i i'd say that's my this is a real wide-ranging topic but if anybody wants to ding disney leadership you know bob Iger was definitely out front uh, a bit especially towards the end of his tenure but you know one thing i like about michael eisner is that he was really he put himself out there as the face of Disney, you know, and I, I like that. You know, I think it's I think there'd be something to be said for a president who um, would do these kinds of things like, you know what, we're going to make a movie that's taking place in this in this area. And, you know, we're heading over there to learn everything we can. I mean, it'd be really interesting. They're, they're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I really uh, what else I liked about this was, again, just 
thinking about, um, uh, you know, to many Americans, maybe even now, but definitely back then, you know, traveling to these places, it was really exotic, really not something that um, many people got the chance to do. And so it kind of stood in line with when Disney, they really wanted to, um, yes, they're promoting these other travel and tourism, but they're really opening people's eyes to this uh, whole other exotic world. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, there were some educational aspects to it that I, I thought was just really neat, you know? Um, and it made me want to get to South America on my list of travel now. I'm not even kidding. Cause I've been going to Europe uh, more so over the past few years when I started to finally, you know, save up some money and go travel uh, abroad. And now I'm thinking, man, I'm going to go down to the ABCs of South America. Like this. Is it. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's interesting to see because that time period for sure, I bet was just really eye opening for people to see these cultures. So, yeah, I think I, yeah, that's another cool lens to watch this movie through. So yeah. Walton El Grupo, fantastic. Go watch it. El Grupo. Um, it's so good. I just, I, I loved that, that documentary. It was really great. Um, great. It was, it was, it, I, I actually think I enjoyed it. Well, I didn't know what to expect to be honest. Cause again, based on the title, I, I wasn't sure what it was. Um, but I think I liked it the most out of all three. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Because maybe because it's what I knew the least about, I didn't know that this whole trip happened, you know? Ah, okay. Yeah. So. That's, that's, that's interesting. I, I think the first time I saw it, I knew the trip had happened simply because I had read some books where it was mentioned, but it certainly was not, it had not been gone into uh, in nearly the depth that this movie does. So. Yeah. It goes into a lot of depth. So I definitely encourage people to watch it because and the music is just so great. Or these, uh, these podcasts, we don't want to give away everything, but we possibly couldn't. So definitely watch it. And I actually, I, I have Disney plus, but I, um, watched this earlier this week and I, uh, actually downloaded it. Uh, you can rent it from iTunes oh. uh, for three ninety nine. So I did that instead because I was um, <laughs> I wasn't at my house when I wanted to watch it. So I was like, Oh, oh okay, you know. yeah. Well, dude, you can put Disney Plus on your phone. I know, but it was just <laughs> easier. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you know what? Now you have a decision to make. Do we want to do? Do we want to make this a four episode miniseries or a five episode miniseries? Because oh, I've got two up my sleeve that uh neither one well okay i've seen one i've only seen a piece of the other and the one that i've only seen a piece of is going to be the the most bonkers one um but i also we again we can always come back and do another mini series so we don't have to stretch it out well i mean uh up to you man i i like these a lot and we we seem to be cranking them out pretty good so all right you heard it here first folks we're gonna do five and because this was such a tame episode we are gonna get nuts with this (laughs) next one and 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 we may have to change it depending on its availability so (laughs) our next episode will be based will be centered on the documentary entitled the sweat box and michael are you familiar with the sweat box uh, uh, n- am I familiar with the sweat box? No, but I can only, I can have a few guesses. Why don't... <laughs> so I will just me. give you a brief, uh, a brief introduction to it because 
it may not be viewable at the moment. Uh, I haven't checked in the last two days, but it also might be. So if our next episode comes out and it is not about sweat boxes because we can't actively locate it, what it is, is it's a documentary made about the, uh, the making of, uh, the <laughs> the emperor's new groove and uh it's made by sting the musician his wife trudy styler uh sting was asked to do the music to the emperor's new groove which was originally called uh, i believe it was called empire of the sun and she said hey that's great i'm gonna make can i come in and make a documentary about the making a movie we'll include you doing the music disney agreed to it and because it was such a disastrous process making the film and so it went through so many changes and there were a lot of hurt feelings, the movie has never come out. Uh, it was shown at like one or two film festivals. It's never been widely available, but it shows up on YouTube sometimes in pieces. Um, I've seen half of it and it's fascinating. Uh, okay. It is all like late 90s, early 2000s Disney filmmaking, lots of behind the scenes stuff. And you see these people who are so excited to make this movie and it just crumbles apart <laughs> and eventually turns into something yeah. very different. And the Emperor's uh, New Groove is not one you hear a lot about. So No, and not a, ter- not a bad movie. But when you find out what it was originally supposed to be, um, it's pretty amazing how they got to what the emperor's new groove is so uh we're gonna try and find that it's you when i found it it's on youtube usually in like 10 sections that you have to find so we're gonna go hunting for this movie and talk about it and if we can't find it we will skip to the next one that i don't want to announce yet but um you know all right so sweat box is next we will have a lot to talk about (laughs) it's gonna get nuts it is really nuts like it's i mean in the, you know, knowing what we know about Disney and animation, how these things are made, it's 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 pretty amazing. Uh, okay, awesome. so that's the next one. Uh, we're gonna go because we're almost at an hour, and that's all I can handle of my voice. Uh, <laughs> here's hoping that we have helped you add a little more mouse to your night and your weekend, or your afternoon, or your lunch hour, or your uh, drive-through trip. line at McDonald's. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put us on at the drive in the drive-through line. Um, in fact, maybe we should record like maybe we should record um, a My, step-by-step process of asking for the toys, so that when you go to McDonald's and want the toys and you don't have it in you to actually ask for them, you can just hold up the phone and hear us <laughs> say it. Uh, maybe we'll do that as some bonus content, Patreon content. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my. All right, right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening. You can email the show at addmoremouse at gmail.com. Rate, review, subscribe, whatever else. Follow us on Instagram, addmoremouse. Do it. Okay, bye, everybody. Adios, amigos. Perfect.